0: This special lady up here is Miss VC, Miss Paula VC. I guess I should use your first name. Um, As you know, I teach at Riverside High School. I teach 10th and 12th grade English. Um, And Miss VC is one of the, I call you a teacher, she is one of the resources that we have at Riverside. Um, And we got to spend about 45 minutes, um, two 45 minute periods together every uh, day uh, last semester. And she is absolutely wonderful. She attends Aldersgate United Methodist, and is very involved in Riverside and in helping our students who are in need. So when I say students in need, it can be um, students who are even homeless, who don't know where they're going to sleep, where they're going to put their head, kids who are sleeping on the floor in their home because they don't have enough money for a mattress. And, I mean, some of the stories that you hear is just so saddening right and you always wonder well what can I do to help and so Miss VC has um, a food pantry at the school where she packs things up for all of the students that are in need um, and she will hand them out and gets to have connection and relationship with each of these kids um, and just being the practical hands and feet of Jesus right um, so I hope that that was a decent introduction um <laughs> but without further ado, here is
1: Miss Paula VC. Thank you. This is a wonderful lady, by the way, and I miss seeing her every day. But thank you for having me tonight. I'm very pleased to be here and to talk about something that is very special to me, this ministry that we call Community back, uh, pack, Backpack uh, Program. And um, it started about four years ago when... Um, I went to Riverside first. That was the first time I had been there. And um, I didn't know that we had students who were homeless, as she already mentioned, who were sleeping in cars, who were hungry. It just is heartbreaking. And when I started looking at statistics, I found out that one child in four is hungry, food insecure, and we are eighth in the nation in North Carolina. So we have a school right here in our own backyard at Riverside High School. So after a few months and talking with the social worker, finding out more about students and how to get names, how to know who we could pack food for, and I'll go into that a little further in a minute. Um, We went back, and I started calling a couple of other churches. Uh, One was Greystone Baptist. The other was Bethany United Methodist and my home church, Aldersgate. And we met several times, and through prayer and faith, the Lord found a way, and he guided us in starting this program, this ministry, and it has been such a success since then. We started out packing, and when I say packing, we don't pack backpacks, but we do pack our food in double grocery bags, because if we pack them any other way, we probably could not or would not get the Backpacks, as we know them, back from students. Uh, so we started packing 30 bags. It will be four years ago, this coming April. The following year, it grew to 70 and 75. And these students were identified by teachers and by social worker. And today, or this week, or this school year, we're now packing 85 bags each week. We do this with the help of our church members who donate to this ministry, and through our Lord Jesus Christ, I have been at Riverside or was at Riverside for four years full time and it it was one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had because little did I know what some of these students went through and are still going through. But back to what we're packing, just to give you an idea of what we do pack, we pack Two meats, Friday, that's for Saturday and Sunday. Two vegetables, two fruits, two breakfast items, two juices, and two snacks. And if it's a weekend, like they are out tomorrow, this Thursday, and we pack every Thursday, a church packs every Thursday. We alternate churches every week. We pack each week on Thursdays. This week we packed today and delivered today, and the food will be given out tomorrow because they're out of school on Friday. On uh, Thursday week, 32 weeks, when we are approaching Thanksgiving, we'll be packing what we call double bags, two bags, and two bags So when you're talking about 85 times 4 bags, that's a lot of food, isn't it? Yeah. Food is given out on Fridays. We pack extra bags because we do have students who just can't make it during the week without extra food. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, just like I did. You know, the school provides a breakfast and they provide a lunch. But what I didn't realize was it isn't enough for teenagers that are growing. It just isn't enough. So some of these students may have to skip a meal. And on the weekends, some students may not have any food or very little food until they're back in school on Monday. That is the situation. And yes, some of them may be living in cars some of them, yes, and maybe staying with a friend on the floor, or it's just—it's just really a sad situation. So, as I said, it was a very humbling experience. And when we when we first started the program and delivering food, students were not trusting. Of us, But I found that as I got to know students, I got, they started opening up. I found out a lot about their situations and what they were going through. And they found that they could trust us, those of us who were helping. So trust is very important to these young people because many of them don't have the support at home. And as again, again, as I said, some of them are on their own. I remember uh, one of the uh, assistants at, at school of the counselors telling me about a young man who had been what is classified as a problem student and acting up <clears throat> she said that since we had been providing him food, he had turned everything around. It was no longer failing classes. It was passing every class and was no longer what is called a troublemaker. <clears throat> so little do we know that some of these students, so many of them, are not really troublemakers. They're hungry. Recently, a friend of mine told me about something that she learned from a friend of hers. They were at church. They live in Greensboro. They were at church. And their minister was talking about young people who are hungry. And he said, you know, they're not really troublemakers. They just can't focus. That's why some of them are failing. That's why they act out. They don't know what to do. And this girl's friend after church said to her, you know, that was me when I was growing up. She said, there have been as many as three days that I went without food. Three days. And she said, I couldn't focus. I couldn't focus on my work at school. And I'm sure I was considered, she said, a troublemaker. All because she was hungry. Do we know what that's like? Many of us, most of us, have never been through that situation. We don't know what it's like. We don't know what else these young people are going through. And to know that we can be there helping with something positive in their lives is just a wonderful, humbling experience. I can't tell you how humbling it is. And if you all decide you would like to participate, we would welcome you. And I tell you again, when you leave at the end of the day, And you see these students again, and they'll say, Hey, how are you? And you say, I'm doing great. What about you? And you speak to them, and you talk to them, and you know what? You feel so much love in your heart for them. And you know that they feel that. You know that whether or not they have love in their lives, They have all of us who show the love that we have and the love of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, we can't talk about Jesus Christ in our schools, which to me is very sad. But you know what? That love comes through, and they know. So I say to you tonight, if you never have... become involved in, in, a, in a ministry like this, I pray that you will decide you want to help. And we welcome you to come to school. We welcome you to come help us back. We are, have our food pantries actually at Bethany United Methodist. Uh, and, that, and, and Greystone has another uh, area that they have uh, a pantry. And that's where we stock our, our food items. I'd like to ask before I close if any of you have any questions you'd like to ask of me. Yes. You, uh, you mentioned that you served
2: the Riverside high
0: school population and I'm wondering if there is the same kind of need like a northern or an
1: orange or school. who's ever in Yes, Mount Sylvan. Uh, actually takes care of Northern and three elementary schools. Uh, We hope to be able to increase the number of schools that we're able to service. Um, Right now we haven't done that because we're serving so many at Riverside. Uh, So we haven't been able to expand, but yes, not only is it Riverside, but it is schools throughout Durham and throughout other communities in North Carolina. And you see more and more, you hear more and more about backpack programs, the backpack ministries, because there is such a need for us as human beings, us who care, us who love others, in the name of our Jesus Christ, to help these young people and to hopefully help them find I knew to lift them to find a more positive meaning to their lives. Just like the lady that I was telling you about of a friend who is now on her own and has gone to school, was able to find, was able to go to school, I'm talking about college, after school, through loans. And she's made something, she feels good about herself And that's so important to these students, that they feel good about themselves. And that's what we hope that we've made them feel, loved and hope, find hope, and to give them food. We've even helped uh, a young man who um, had two sisters and a stepfather who was dying with cancer. And he actually had to sleep on the floor And all we had to do was put that word out, and boom, we had a bed, we had all the linens, we had everything that's needed to help this young man. People are so generous and so loving, and he was so thankful. We've had young people who live at home, but whose families just can't support enough food or can't provide enough food for their family. And we had just recently, I'm told, a, a mother who called and talked with one of the teachers of, uh, uh, that was a son and thanked the teachers and said, please tell the people that are providing the food, thank you so much. She said, you don't know how much this helped our family. So all I, what I can say tonight is glory be to God. Amen. And I thank you for the opportunity of coming and talking about the backpack ministry. And you, you'll know how to get in touch with me uh, if anybody is interested. Uh, to come help or to perhaps provide maybe five bags. Uh, that's what another church, Mount Bethel in uh, Bahama, they're a small church, uh, and they provide five bags every week. Yeah. So anything that can, you all can do if you decide to, to help would be certainly appreciated. And again, I thank you very much.
2: I know she's not looking for this, but can we give her a round of applause for her efforts? Thank you for what you do for the Lord and for the kingdom. Uh, if if we could get an usher, I want to uh, allow us to have the opportunity to give an offering tonight. And while he's coming, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask the blessing over this offering. Father, we thank you for this. Wonderful night. You've blessed us. Would we thank you, Lord, for the guest speaker and what she stands for and what she's doing for your kingdom, yes. Lord. We thank you, God, for the opportunity given to give your kingdom, Lord, with our tithe and our offering, Lord. I pray, God, that you would use each and every gift for the upbuilding of your kingdom. We'll be careful to praise you and thank you for us in Christ's name. And amen. Amen. I am excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about being part of his plan, and being in his His wheel It's an exciting place to be. Um, this text tonight is familiar. It, it, it's not something that's going to be new, but I hope it serves as a reminder to all of us. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Well, let's read together. Bible says, starting in verse 31 of the 22nd chapter of Luke, The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and thou art converted. Strengthen thy brethren. He said unto them, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, "I tell you, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt uh, thrice deny that thou knoweth me." Let us pray again. Father, we thank you once again for this night. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that our ears are open and our heart our hearts are ready to receive good soil uh, soil for the good seed that you have for us tonight. I pray, God, that your word be alive, Lord. It would move us and lord it would shake us god it would encourage us father would bring us to that place where you can most use us god we love you we praise you and thank you for us in christ's name and amen peter what a man you think of men of the bible peter has to be one that comes to mind peter was the one when jesus come by he said drop your net and follow me I would that somebody here would give me an example of a, prof- a profession that you do. Perfect Profession. Why can't I say that? Profession. Thank you. Somebody, somebody whose job you would like to say, a trade. Somebody who has a trade as a job. Just shout it out. It's okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I didn't know what that was until a, a little while ago, uh, but my daughter wanted to do that and uh, God bless her, she changed her mind because I don't know that she could do that and, and, and hold her stomach because she has a weak stomach. But, uh, so if Jesus come by and said, drop your needle and follow me, that's basically what he told Peter. He said, drop your net and follow me. He said, this is my profession. He's saying, drop your net. I'm changing your profession. He said, you was a fisherman. That's actually, I'm going to shout because that's good. He said, this is what he would tell you, sis. He's saying, you drew blood. Now I want you to take my blood and give it. That's basically what he told Peter. Is that what he said? He said, drop your net. I'm going to make you fisher of men. He said, I'm going to change your purpose, redirect you. And most people would have said, I don't think so. I, I I'm, need to catch these fish to make my living. I need to draw this blood to make my living. I need to pick this lot to make my living. Whatever it is for you, I need to uh, do this plumbing job to make my living. But Peter dropped his net, and he followed him what a bold action that he took sometimes we zoom by these scriptures and we just think he dropped his net and followed him that's a huge statement that he made when he dropped that net he said i'm going to trust you i'm going to follow you and he did peter was the one we read about that was in the boat remember he was in the boat floating on the water what is normal inside the safety of the boat jesus come walking on the water and Peter was the one that said, if you bid me to come, I can walk on the water with you. What kind of faith is that? That's some strong faith. And what did he do? We know what the word said. He stepped out and he walked on the water. Strong faith. They came to, the soldiers came to take Jesus. Peter was the one that drew his sword. And he cut the ear off the soldier. Bold. You're talking about bold. Peter was bold, strong. If you want to talk about somebody to to look at, Peter was a good one to look at. He was a good example of what a Christian should be. The the Lord calls, and he answers. The Lord comes, he follows. Somebody come to, to take his Lord away, he fights. Now understand that it didn't all work out for Peter because Jesus healed that soldier And said, don't think for a minute that your sword is what I need. At any minute, I could call for legions of angels and they could come and and rescue me. They could come and help me. See, Peter was also one that looked at this eye and not the spiritual eye. He saw the physical and not the spiritual all the time. We're going to go into that. We're going to dig into that. I pray tonight that your ears are open and your heart is ready to receive this word because I believe that If we look at Wednesday night as just another service, then you won't get anything out of this message. We'll we'll be here till 8 or so, and then we'll leave, and we'll go home, and we'll be unchanged. I don't care where you are when you walk with Christ. Whether you're the most qualified Christian to stand and preach or somebody who don't know one scripture at all, God loves you. He can use you. And he can change us and move yes. us closer to where he is. Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew 16 and 18 said, And I say, and this is talking about Peter, also unto thee, that thou art, art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What he's saying here before this scripture, before this statement, he said, Who do men say I am? But then he turned to Peter, who do you say I am? And the, the, the very statement that Peter made was what caused Jesus to say on this rock I will build my church. It's, it's kind of ironic. Peter is small rock. but He, he called Peter uh, uh, Cephas I believe which is interpreted rock or, 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 or stone. But we understand that Jesus is the rock. Jesus is is the chief cornerstone. He is that cornerstone that our faith is built on. So it's not so much that Peter was the building block, but his statement of faith was the building block. But we read in Luke 22, the the 22nd chapter, he said, I'm going to pray that your faith fail not. One of the most, largest faiths, when you talk about people, that I can think of. And I've told this story before. I was at my mom's pool and I said, Jesus, if Peter could walk on the water, surely I can. I hit that bottom so fast, I, I don't know if it's the size of a person I am or it's just how, how, how much zeal I had to get in the pool and walk on that water. It didn't work out for me. I, I did go to the bottom. But I can tell you, he had faith. He stepped out. And he said, this is what Jesus told him. He said, I'm going to pray that your faith fail not. He didn't say, I'm going to pray that your banking account won't fail. He didn't say, I'm going to pray that your help don't fail. Come on, somebody, listen to what I'm saying. He didn't say, I'm going to pray that your job holds together. He said, I'm going to pray that your faith don't fail. Because I'm going to tell you, life will throw things at you. Life will will bring some curves that you're not expecting. Things that you you thought you had it all planned out, a curve will come and it will mess you up if you're not holding to your faith. If you're holding to your help and your help leads you, can I tell you, you'll be crushed. But if you don't hold to your help, and you hold to the hand of the Lord, it don't matter what comes your way when it comes to your health, you'll still hold on uh, tight to your it's faith. All right. Can I tell you, when he told him, he said, I'm going to pray that your faith fail not, he was saying the most important thing is faith. The important thing is not is not what your status is in this world. We're, we're, a lot of us are big on Facebook. How many, of, have you have, how many of you have a Facebook page? Okay, so a lot of us. One thing that people look for is likes. That really don't equate to nothing. You know, it it don't mean anything. If you get 50 likes, so what? Now, Tammy is one of the most liked people on Facebook. She has more likes than anybody in the world. I think it's some kind of record. So how many people actually know Tammy? Not many. People like and love and ha-ha her stuff all the time. It's crazy. But can I tell you, if, if Tammy was holding true to the likes, and I'm not picking on you, Tammy, I'm just saying. I'm using you as an example. If the likes was what she was holding on, those likes might go away. The website might crash. The Internet may fall and crush, and a lot of people would be lost. But if that's where our hope is, that's where our faith is, we'll be crushed. But, but Jesus didn't pray for the Internet to hold together. He didn't pray for the car to stay fixed. He prayed that the faith would not fail. That's what Jesus is saying. I I believe he's praying for us right now. I I don't care about how much money you have. I don't care about how many people like you. I don't care how many many people know you. I don't even care how many people agree with what you're saying. I don't want your faith to fail. I want you to finish the race. I don't want you to uh, uh, fall and stay down. He said, I'm going to pray that your faith will not fail. That's what Jesus prayed. Mark fourteen thirty seven brings us to a different point in Peter's walk. He, this is what it says, he, and he cometh and findeth them sleeping. Jesus went to pray and he said, watch and pray. And it goes on to say, and he said unto Peter Simon. Now he had disciples, he didn't have a disciple. But he looked at Peter and he said, Peter Simon, sleepeth thou? Question mark. Are you asleep? Are you asleep? Did I say go to sleep and pray or did I say watch and pray? He said, couldn't you watch just for an hour? The Bible says that third time when he come back, he said, sleep on. Mm -hmm. And I believe a lot of the church, he's saying sleep on. I I believe my sister here is doing exactly what God has called all of us to do, not just her. And, And understand that it's different ministries. But the Bible says faith without works is what? Right. Dead. 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 He, said, he said, could you not watch an hour? Longevity. To see the, the big picture. The long run. And not get caught up on the short run. I'm going to give you some scriptures because this, this story is not in here. Because we know what happened. Peter denied Jesus three times. And he was crushed. And a lot of us have been there. Maybe not everybody. I know I have. Not, maybe not so much deny Jesus. But I've been to a place where I know the Lord was not pleased with me. As Peter was. And I know you've been to, at that same place. Where God may not have been pleased, he may not have been pleased with you. But I'm, I'm thankful that's not the end. I want to warn you right now. Satan would want you to close your ears in these scriptures. Because the Bible says that Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. What, have you, has anybody in here ever seen a, a, a wheat that's sifted? Anybody? I have. My wife has made biscuits. I guess that's that's what that is. Then you turn, and the flour goes in, and it kind of goes down onto the... I'm not a cook. I don't, that's why I married my wife. She, she's awesome. She, she, she could be a world-class cook. And she sifts, and, and all the good stuff goes down into the pan. And the things that she wants to get out, Stay up at the top. And a lot of times, I guess, that's to, to, to make it finer, the flour finer. And I'm not going to get into the details of that. It's not the important part. But understanding when you sift something, think of sand when you go to the beach. And you shake that sand. And you, and you may have some, some seashells. The sand goes through the sieve, the And the seashell stays on the top. The devil is literal, literally trying to shake the faith out of Peter. He's literally trying to say, I'm going to take the faith and I'm going to shake it out of you. Because really what I want, I don't care if you got money. I don't care if you have notoriety. But I do care if you have faith. The devil does not want you to have faith here tonight. He doesn't want faith to be in your life. That's why he said the, the devil desires to sift you as wheat. He desires to separate that good thing that's in your life out. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm putting the devil on notice right now. That the, These scriptures I'm about to speak in to your life are, are, are going to be powerful. You ever had a vacuum cleaner that won't plugged in? You could run it over the carpet and it ain't going to do no bit of good, would it, if it ain't plugged in. But as soon as you plug it in and push that little button and that thing starts making all kinds of noise, it starts picking up all the dirt because you're connected with the power. This, these scriptures are powerful. If you'll connect with them, I believe it'll be like plugging into the power source. And your life will be changed. I believe that. I really do. And there's another thing that's going to happen here tonight. Maybe you've heard these, but I'm going to preach them again. One thing maybe you haven't heard is uh, the law of responsibility. You being responsible for what you know and what you hear. You will be responsible to do something with this message. Either leave it where I, 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 I'm here now, just leave it here, or, or deal with it. If I'm looking, and I, I don't have a good example, but if there's a, a piece of the carpet up, and I go up to Pastor Don and say, Pastor Don, there's a, 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 a burr in the carpet. Somebody's going to get hurt. And he says, okay, I see the, the burr in the carpet. And he goes on about his business. Legally, if somebody trips on that burr and finds out I told him about it, and he did nothing, he's liable. Is that true? That's true. We're liable for what we know. I'm going to speak some scriptures into your life, and I, I really do believe you're going to be liable for whatever I tell you here. It's going to be on you what you do with it. I'm delivering the message. It's going to be on me what I do with it. Here we go. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. My Lord, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. How many of you ever leaned on your own understanding? Let's be honest, really. How many of you ever thought you knew a thing and you found out you didn't know a a thing at all? That's me right there. I've learned the hard way to keep my mouth shut because when I open my mouth, then anybody who didn't know I was crazy already It confirms it. So I've learned to keep my mouth shut in certain times. And and anybody that's married knows what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. Where's where's the men of the house? We know a shut mouth is a good mouth. The Bible said, lean not on your own understanding, but in in all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy path. Romans 5, 1 through 5 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Whoa, glory. I think of a place that's shut up, that's locked up. I'm in access control. That's what I do for a living. I, I, I grant access. Somebody comes and says, I don't want but five people in this room. I can give five people access to this room and lock everybody else out. This is what he's saying. Understand what this scripture's saying. He said, by whom, oh Jesus, also we have access by faith. By faith, that's the key. By faith into the grace, the grace of God, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Can we just stay here just for a second? Oh, my Lord. He's saying we have access through faith. Uh, into this grace wherein that we stand, oh, what what strength that Scripture gives me, to know that uh, uh, somebody who who is a uh, 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 weak and not strong has access to this kind of place. Oh, my Jesus, thank you. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience, patience, experience, and experience, hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given unto us how many of you know we're going to go through troubles we're going to go through trials we're going to go through tribulation if we're not we're not where we need to be and that's hard because let me ask another question I I, I didn't bring these questions pre-prepared so I'm sorry if your arms are getting tired but let me ask you this how many of you like comfort? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We like comfort, don't we? We like to be comfortable. But God didn't call us to comfort. God called us to service in his kingdom. But I can tell you what that does bring. It brings these things that he's telling us. Patience. Experience. Hope. My Lord. Hope. How many of you know this is not the end? This is not the end. This very second can be the the time that that trumpet's blown. And we're gone. We're leaving to be with the Lord forevermore. This could be the very second that you take your last breath. Whether it's through the rapture or death, we're going to go one day. Can I tell you? Right now, the hope that I have in that and the faith that I have in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that that day's coming is going to be a factual point in time, a pinpoint point in time for me. Yours may be different, but it's going to be a pinpoint in time. That hope that I have. And I, I'm looking forward to that day. Matthew 17 and 20 says this Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for, ver- for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto the mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. How powerful is that? My mom's facing cancer right now. She, she, th- she was diagnosed with breast cancer some years back. It moved into her back, and then her lung, and now her liver. But I have hope. I have hope. I I, I, I have to believe that his word is true. And that he said if I have that faith that's so small, I can speak to that mountain which right now is cancer. And I can say be thou removed and be cast away from her and it will be done. I believe that. I have faith. I have faith believing. And she has hope. Can I tell you, we, we cannot go on what we've seen. We can't go on what the doctors have said. Thank God for the doctors. Thank God for them. But we can't go on what they say. They say what the books tell them, what the, what, what, what the typical case tells them. But God's not the typical case. Oh, God works in an arena that he gives me access. Come on, somebody. Into that place I need to have access to. That, that, that by faith, I'm going to have access to. It's called Grace. And when I call out to him, he's not going to, not because I'm worthy, not because I'm good enough, but because he's faithful. I have access. Thank you, Lord. My Lord, these scriptures are powerful. Romans 10 and 17 says, so then by faith comes, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I have faith because his word, I have faith in his word. He has performed everything in his word. The world tries to disprove him. It'll never happen. He's faithful. My Lord. He's faithful. Mark 9 and 23 says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. All things. So where did Peter go? What happened to Peter? Peter was crushed. Peter was in a place, I'm sure, of mourning as far as how he did his Lord. Jesus was going to be crucified. He had had been captured, and he was going to be crucified. And Peter said, you can put me in jail. Remember he said this, you can put me in jail, you can put me to death, but I'm going to serve you, Lord, I'm going to follow you. But when the rubber met the road, so to speak, and this is where all of us are at times, He didn't do what he said he was going to do. Jesus did everything he said he was going to do, but Peter didn't. And he was in a a bad place, a a, a place of sorrow and guilt. Can I tell you, that's not where Jesus left him. I'm glad that Jesus forgives. Are you glad he forgives? I'm glad he forgives. Because when Mary and Mary, the two Marys, went to the tomb of Jesus, This is what happened. The man said, Jesus is not here. He's risen. He said, Go tell the disciples and Peter. And Peter. Peter." He called him out. He called him out. Can I tell you, God has called us out? When we've messed up, He says, Look, I know you messed up and I'm not happy about you messing up. But you know what? I'm here. I, I, I haven't laid down, I haven't died, I'm alive and well, and I'm, I'm going to send somebody after you. And, 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 and who he sends, thank you Jesus, is that sweet Holy Spirit that comes in the night when you know that you messed up. And, and you know you said the wrong thing, you did the wrong thing. And he sends that Holy Spirit and said, but Todd, go tell Todd. And that comfort and that peace just floods your, your soul. Don't you know that's the grace of God shown to you? And the devil don't want you to know that. The devil don't want you to know that. Mark 16 and 7 says, But go your way, and this is what he said, tell his disciples and Peter, that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. And he said unto you, as he said unto you. We understand that when the boat was... On the sea. When, when he was on the water, he trusted Jesus. There's was another time when he'd come and Jesus said, do you love me? Remember that? He said, I do. And he asked him three times. He said, you know, Lord, you know I do. Can I tell you, I, I, I don't know how that lines up with how you believe. But I believe he messed up three times. And he forgave him three times. Yeah. He gives us the option and the opportunity to make right what we do wrong. The message is this God never leaves us, He's never going to forsake us.